0: Well, hello, and welcome to the Partner Connection. This is Dell Technologies Partner Podcast, and I'm Cheryl Cook, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Jeremy Williford, who is the vice president on the Dell account for our great partner, NVIDIA, and a proud sponsor of our Dell Technologies Hero Program. So welcome, Jeremy. Thanks so much for being here.
1: Hey Cheryl, thank you so much for having us. We are uh, super excited about the partnership we have with Dell and so I'm really looking forward to the discussion today.
0: I am too and you know we had uh, Jensen with Jeff Clark at Dell Technologies World in May which was exciting and I know the two companies have enjoyed a long partnership for many years in many capacities so this is going to be fun to kind of dive in. So for our listeners this is our partner podcast so many of our partner community and ecosystem will be joining. So share just a little bit about your role and how you helped navigate and work the partnership with Dell.
1: Oh, great. Thanks, Cheryl. It was interesting. In fact, at the beginning of this year, we had Jensen do a fireside chat with Michael Dell. And you know, what's fascinating, you look around the tech industry and there's very few founder-led tech companies that are still out there. And so for this relationship between Jensen and Michael to go back, you know, gosh, we're looking at now close to 25 years that these guys have been partners in the market together. And I've been fortunate enough to have been a part of that ride since the very beginning. I started with NVIDIA in 1998, and I have had the pleasure of leading the Dell-NVIDIA relationship for the past 18 years. And so I've seen several really ecosystem-changing environments whenever we develop workstations together whenever we've led a lot of the gaming revolutions. And now to see the data center inflection point with AI and have to lead that opportunity with Dell in the market, it is a tremendous, tremendous place to be right now. So I'm super excited. I have a team of people we're responsible for not only sell into Dell, but really sell out with Dell. And that includes our channel partners. And so Dell is the largest customer NVIDIA has had, oh gosh, for probably a few years back. Now with the market changing and such, we'll see how it comes at the end of this year. But that opportunity to lead the market with our biggest customer and have the biggest channel opportunity available really makes this AI segment that we're dealing with uh, super exciting.
0: Well, it's an understatement to say exciting. And you and I have both been in this business quite a while. And when you look at the pace, the pace of change, the pace of adoption, it's definitely front and center on what everybody wants to talk about. And your team, and you mentioned gaming, was a strong part of our partnership with Dell. But when you think about AI and computing and now this generative AI, open AI, and chat GBT, one, it's going to incubate. There's going to be new businesses born, but it's changing fundamentally everything, right? Industries, whether it's content creation, manufacturing, and all these different industries and in their adoption. At Dell Technologies World, we announced the new joint project. We call it Project Helix. And it's really a joint effort where I'd love for you to expand a little bit because I think it's going to represent a phenomenal opportunity for our partners on really how we leverage your expertise and decades of experience around the software, not just with the GBUs, but the software that can really help commercial customers really put it in practice and put it to work with their own data. So share a little bit about Project Helix from your perspective.
1: Yeah, Cheryl, you really hit the nail on the head there. If you think about where the generative AI motion is going in the market space currently, we have about 1,600 generative AI startups that are really changing, you know, similar to what came from ChatGPT and the guys over at OpenAI. We started dealing with OpenAI probably about six years ago when we dropped off the first eight-way GPU structure for them to start their training on and training their models. Well, there's, like I said, probably 1,600 of these companies out there right now that are really fueling the market on what can be. And it will change every industry on the planet. And so if you think about the first wave, there's a lot of startups, there's a lot of cloud service providers that are tier one and tier two that all these facilities are being built on. And Dell is a critical element in that that process. With the 9680, that is such a A huge force in the market, Dell's the number one storage partner. And so much of that storage is being used. The compute power is being used for training models. And then there's inferencing. Once you have a trained model, you will have inferencing that is now able to put those models to use. And so if you think about the second wave that's now coming, every Fortune 2000 company on the planet is now trying to understand how they should use this generative AI to literally Rebuild how they go to market, how they develop products, how they market their products. You name it, it will be influenced by generative AI moving forward. And so what Jensen and Jeff Clark came together to do was determine, okay, how do we help enterprises build out this structure, what they call the AI factory, right? And so now each customer will have their own AI factory that delivers their own subject matter domain expertise as a large language model. So we developed Helix together. And in that Helix environment, we give the blueprint, the outline for enterprise customers to build their own structures, either on-prem or in a colo, even CSPs can use this structure. And that structure enables a customer to understand how to use storage, how to tie it networking-wise to compute, how that compute does training, what the training models look like whenever you inference those training models and how you get outputs from that. And it's a brand new data center. You know, it it is not your your X86 standard data center that people are used to. These are now literally AI factories. And in order to build that, in order to help our customers get there, we're gonna have to train them not only how the hardware is tied together, But as you said, Cheryl, how the software structure enables companies to build out training models, because I think what's going to happen is customers are going to start from scratch. They're going to get pre-trained models that are similar to their industry, and then they're going to put their own data on top of those pre-trained models and then deliver their domain-specific expertise through their own large language models. And in order to do that, it's going to take partners like Dell and Dell's partners to go out and educate those end customers on how to go develop this. And so that's why Project Helix was created. And so Dell is coming out. uh, They had an announcement on July 31st talking about the first Dell validated design. And we're gonna see that continuously rolling out in the market with new features and new support. And NVIDIA's right there, not only training the Dell sellers, but also the channel sellers on how to activate Project Helix in the market.
0: Well, I love that. And I, obviously I'm a big channel person and a big advocate for our partners, but I genuinely believe this is a classic example of a technology that is a partner-centric sales motion. Our customers, number one, are overwhelmed with complexity and the pace of change. But this new type of technology, to your point, they're going to need the partner's expertise and help on how to apply it best in their business, how to find the most competitive advantage for using AI, what data do I need, and then how to go build the training models to be able to deploy against it. So I see it as just a tremendous opportunity for our partners.
1: Cheryl, it really is whenever you have the inflection moments in the market, and Jensen called this the iPhone moment, right? Whenever you have these inflection moments, there's an opportunity to become a trusted advisor for these customers that are learning this from scratch. And with such a heavy software influence, it really is a way for our partners to add value to these structures. And this is not going to be an RFQ request kind of response type situation. It's going to be, coming alongside of our partners with subject matter expertise and helping them develop their own models. And most of the customers are going to be doing this from scratch. So that's why the channel is so critical for all of us. I think to scale this throughout the industry, we're going to rely on value-add channel partners to come alongside these customers to develop their own models.
0: Well, they're just so well-positioned, right? And the partners have the vertical expertise and knowledge. They know these customers, businesses, and lines of business. They're increasingly experts at particular software use cases. So they're just extremely well-positioned to be able to go do that. So maybe share for us an example of how you've seen the NVIDIA technology around Gen I And it's already been deployed, you know, as maybe a what good looks like or an indicator of what will happen in the future. Share a story of where it's been deployed.
1: Yeah, I think that one of the good opportunities that I've seen, and I want to bring in another partner to kind of talk about this. So one of the companies that both Dell and NVIDIA are working with, Eternal is a company that is based out of Austin, and they do the software structures that are built on top of the 9680s. They're built on top of our 760XAs. And what they do is they help curate data from an end customer. In fact, Dell's one of their own customers. So in Europe, in that form, Eternal's helping Dell to go in and take Dell's own CRM data, take Dell's own Salesforce data, and then structure that in such a way, using generative AI to make sales proposals, to make marketing presentations. This has just been deployed in the past couple of quarters And they've already seen $200 million worth of opportunities generated from this. And this is all about taking Dell's amazing repository of data and then being able to break that down into trained models so a seller can say, I need this type of proposal being generated. I need to tell this person about genome sequencing. And that will take the presentation stacks that are already available in Dell and build out models for those sellers, for those marketing folks to use in their discussions. And so it's an amazing tool because if you think about it, this is work that would take literally days to compile, to be able to go out, find the right presentations, collect the data, go reformat it. But this is a structure where Dell's already sitting on this massive set of data. And now this company... Paternal goes in and literally builds using trained models and inferencing, builds out what that seller, what that marketing person needs to go make their presentation, to go make their pitch. And it's been tremendously successful. But if you could think about the companies that we serve collectively and the data they have, the good thing about the solution I just described, Dell is actually using in their OEM solution structure is actually able to represent that now to other customers. They could take that same appliance-like model and then sell it through other customers. And it's a kind of an easy button, if you would, because customers have the data and now they have a vehicle that goes to curate it, that goes and formats it and then is able to use it real time. In a chat GPT-like sequence, but it's all based on, in this case, Dell's data, or in the case of where you guys are selling this with partners, with whatever customer we're servicing together. That's just one example of how a generative AI company will work. And some companies will love to buy that right off the shelf from Dell and their partners. But some companies will be like, no, we want to do this in-house. We want to build our own models and curate our own data, and then go ahead and service that into large language models. And for those customers, they will go ahead and do all that in-house but they'll need software to go do that. They'll need pre-trained models. They'll need different elements of what we're giving in Helix to go develop their own. So if you wanna buy a ready-made solution, you'll be ready to go. If you wanna build your own, we will have help there to go do that as well. And so that's the kind of environment that we're living in right now on how customers can deploy that. And I love to see Dell using this structure even internally because I think every customer will. I mean, everybody will start using these kind of data repositories to go drive their own content. Now, the question is, how are they going to do that? Are they going to have a, a subject matter expert partner come alongside them, help them develop it? Or are they going to take a something off the shelf from one of our channel partners in Dell to go deliver that? It'll be interesting to see how that runs out. Well,
0: I always like to say the R of the and, it'll probably be both, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. you're going to have opportunities where this particular software partner you described, Eternal, they had an expertise around CRM data, right? And how to go leverage sales and marketing assets and content that needed to be generated for proposals. That's, to me, a great example of why I feel this is such a partner-centric motion because you're gonna have ISB partners, certainly our deployment partners, they're gonna need advisory services and consultative capabilities. So talk a little bit about what you see in the way of the size of the opportunity for partners. What kind of TAM and market are we talking about? Certainly there's a host of services that our partners, we're encouraging them to get educated, start investing now, build your practices and expertise around this, but what do you guys see in the way of the opportunity?
1: Gosh, the opportunity size. I mean, I think that, uh, I think people have seen kind of NVIDIA's outlook on the market, right? We just upped our quarterly revenue by $4 billion on the last one. That's just the the NVIDIA portion of that market. But if I look at all the storage that comes with this, the compute, you know, I think that we're in the Hundreds of billions of dollars of infrastructure that has to be deployed over the next 24 months. And that is a large compute factor. Cheryl, I think I said earlier in the conversation that these are not the data centers that are already on prem. These are new constructs of data centers. And that is, you know, for Dell being the number one storage provider in the world, I think a lot of customers are going to find the Dell compute to be perfectly suited to pair with that storage already there. I think there's going to be more storage to come because as you build generative ai solutions you're going to need to store all the data and so now the more compute you're building the more fabrication of ai and the content that you're generating from this generative ai new world order now you have to store all that and you have to put it under new storage you have to compute it you have to have networking tying it all together that's why we're seeing literally hundreds of billions of dollars of market activation over the next 24 months, to go along with that, the software is going to be critical. And if I think about software to tie into this hardware, think about what Red Hat is to the Linux market. That's what NVIDIA AI Enterprise is to this generative AI market. We are the framework by which the AI is being generated. And that software structure is available through the cloud. It's available through on-prem developers around the world are using it for hugging face. Now we have a enterprise class version of this, just like Red Hat is the enterprise class version for Linux. This NVIDIA software that goes with these solutions are going to help the people that are developing like Eternal uses our stuff everywhere. So these other 1600 generative AI startups. And so companies that want to build their own will also use the software. So not only do we have a large hardware market to go service. We have a huge software lift in the market to go service. So those two being together, I mean, I'm probably understating it whenever I say hundred billion dollars over the next 24 24 months, but it's easily that we're going to get there from a full-blown hardware and software infrastructure standpoint.
0: Yeah, it's just crazy. It's an amazing, phenomenal opportunity. It's unbelievable technology, but you had said that For now six or eight years, you've been working with companies that have been working on these language models and training them. I'm a big believer in timing, and it's just the right time, right? This thing has matured to a place now where it's just taking off, which is pretty phenomenal. So what are you hearing from customers? Because I know you're very active, and I'm sure you're with our Dell colleagues, but when you're in front of customers, what are they asking for? How are they getting started? to be able to take advantage of these exciting capabilities?
1: That's a great question, Cheryl. You know, I think that, let's set aside the generative AI startups. Those customers, they know what they need. Now, their biggest problem to deployment right now on their own business structures is really getting GPU provisioning, right? If you look around the market right now, I think one of the things that we probably need to be clear with all of our partners, we're in a market that, the demand is way outstripping our supply right now Cheryl we've got a healthy backlog with Dell we got good opportunity set out there in the field but we are you know still 6 to 9 months away from being able to deliver on orders that are coming in right now in this growth area of the market with so many customers needing that GPU provisioning we're really struggling to service some of these large structures that need to go through and we will we will get there Jensen talked about a billion dollars worth of infrastructure that we're putting in to increase our capacity throughout the market and we'll see the fruits of that as we get into this market. So that's one element is how much supply is out there currently and customers are going to have to be creative on how we support the supply. We we will go back in and we'll have other vehicles to help our customers, you know. H100 is the activation part for most of the market right now, but I think a lot of customers will be served well with other solutions that we have, L40s, and that will help them get their businesses started, right? They can start their models now on that type of infrastructure and eventually get to a point where, once they're ready to deploy in large scale, that we should have been caught up in the market from a supply standpoint. So right now, a lot of the customer interaction you're gonna hear, are the customer sets will be coming directly to the channel partners and asking them, hey, can you help us? Can you help us get allocation? Can you help us get some time in these cloud structures? Can you help us at least start developing our models? And we're going to have to be creative on how we work with those guys to start that journey. But it's important. I mean, it's important to start early with them and activate at least some learning curves for our customers. So that by the time we get out of the supply crunch that we're in collectively, that we'll be ready to scale their business. And it's interesting, it's just the very beginning of an ecosystem that's building. And so I think the best thing we could do with our partner, Cheryl, is just to make sure that we're identifying new opportunities, we're working with the customers that are coming to us, but we're also going to customers that haven't come to us yet and saying, okay, what's your AI strategy? Where do you guys wanna be? Let's talk about how to start developing your models. Let's start talking about what data you wanna use to build the assets that you wanna go generate. And I think that will help all of us because that's a long journey to ride. And by the time we get at the end of that journey where they're ready to deploy, I think we'll have more product available for the market. So I think that's kind of where we are in the market today, but it's rapidly changing and quickly developing. So I think that there's going to be some announcements coming up to help relieve that pressure on the market of all the need that's out there. And we'll continue to develop solutions to get customers there. So- Start the conversations early is what I would recommend to all of our partners.
0: Well, it's just a once in a lifetime or once in a career kind of moment, right? I mean, it's just fabulous to see this unfold. And it has such amazing potential of unlocking value and insights for our customers, right? You talk about true competitive advantage beyond just productivity savings, but true innovations that can help them differentiate, which I think is amazing. You said that I think you've been working with Dell for about 18 years and we've had a longstanding partnership, but you've been with NVIDIA for 25 years and it's like, wow, what a ride, right? You guys have just hit a trillion dollar valuation or something, which is just unheard of. Talk a little bit about what that experience has been like. The company oh. has be really energized right now.
1: It really is. You know, the great thing about working in NVIDIA, and whenever I first started here, we probably had about 60 people. And it was such a great culture of, you know, a startup culture. And we're lucky, just like Dell, to be founder-led. Jensen's been an amazing leader for our company and investing in areas, you know, we probably made investments into what we call our CUDA architecture. That's our parallel processing architecture, which really led to the AI boom in 2012. And he invested in that for probably 10 years before we saw any fruit from that effort. And it's really, it's amazing to where we've gotten in this situation. But even now, even now as a trillion dollar company, we are still a startup mentality. It is still a passion within this company to really change markets, to really use the technology that we have. We're probably 70% software engineers in this company. And we recognize what it takes to develop a new ecosystem, a new way to do compute. And so it has been so much fun to work in an environment like that. And I've really been blessed because not only I get to work with NVIDIA, but I get to work with Dell that has the same founder-led mentality of innovation, of constantly driving customer requirements and helping to define what the market's going to look like. So for me to be in the epicenter of both these companies has been, uh, I'm truly blessed to be able to work in the environment I get to work in.
0: It is fun. So how do you and your team, obviously as the company is scaling and, and you talked about demand is outstripping supply, how do you work on keeping your team members and your colleagues really ahead of the game? Because I think a lot of what you're doing, as you said, is not just thought leadership, but you're trailblazing, right? You're building ecosystems, you're teaching and training customers on the art of the possible, right? What this can do for you. How have you had to scale with that, if you will, with your team?
1: Wow, that's a great question, Cheryl. You know, in this period, we have so much education lift to do, right? These models that we're generating, the architecture that we're building, there is a lot of new requirements for this market that we're developing on the NVIDIA side that we're working with Dell as a partner to develop on their side. And so that education lift is so critical right now. And dialogues like this are helping get the word out. So that's really what we're focused on right now not only educating sellers, but SA, solution architects, the pre-sales organizations for our partners and for Dell. And so what we're trying to do is educate the market because this is a new lift across the board. And sometimes that trusted advisor role is so critical, especially as customers are learning and putting in place what their strategies are around AI. And so in that way, That lift is where we're focused right now and how the company's pivoting is we have customers that are coming to us. They're huge in nature. They're building out literally megawatts worth of designs in these data centers to build these AI factories. And that's fantastic. But I think there's also this element of how do we raise all boats to make sure they understand what's going on in the market and how they become leaders in this space. So that's one element, Cheryl, that we're really focused on. I would say the other element that's also really important, and as I've discussed this on this podcast, you've seen where AI is really transforming the current data center look. What we're going to eventually find is as customers go forward with their typical workloads, they're gonna have to accelerate those workloads because the power needed to go drive this AI factory solution, they're gonna have to combine their traditional data centers with these AI factories. And what that's gonna lead to is an opportunity for everybody in the market to say, how can we accelerate our current workloads? What can we do to use these massive parallel processing machines, this AI structures that we have to increase our current capacity in our data centers? And so I think that's another thing that we're helping to educate the field on is whenever you're talking to your customers and we're developing this AI of the future, we also need to be really mindful of how we talk about the workloads and the power associated with those workloads, so we can increase the customer's output as we're putting in these facilities. What can we do in these facilities to help their traditional workloads? So I know that there's a lot going on with that, but as we look forward in the market, you're going to see that as being one of the critical factors of how customers look at their data centers of today and how they transform them for the future.
0: Super exciting space and a super exciting time. And so Jeremy, you've been just a wealth of knowledge. Thanks so much for sharing and your partnership and all that you're doing for our mutual partners and the channel community at large. But as we wind up here, I always like to throw a little bit of a curveball here at the end. And before I let you go, I would love for you to share just a fun fact about yourself that we may not know might not be on your resume your colleagues may not know what's a fun fact about yourself
1: well i love cycling and i also love i love running and so i would do years ago about seven or eight years ago i was in a triathlon up in dallas and i don't know what happened during the bike ride but at some point i woke up in an ambulance and then uh, i realized that i had somehow uh, broke my pelvis into two pieces I was relegated to a wheelchair for about, I don't know, six weeks or so. And they told me I'd be in it for like three months. But the beauty in that whole situation was I I didn't, it was just broken bones. So everything comes back together. I'm healed. I'm good. And and it was a wonderful life lesson for me because it it showed me to slow down and really enjoy the community of people I have around me at work and and in my friend community. So I, I really enjoyed that. And so as I came into my 50th birthday a year ago, some friends of mine were like, Hey, let's go. And I convinced all my friends, Hey, let's go do a, uh, a tour of the mountains where we go from hut to hut to hut in the mountains. And we do about 30 miles of mountain riding every day. And I could not wait. I love being on my bike and being out in the mountains. So we did that and we probably transversed, oh gosh, three days worth of mountains. It was beautiful and the leaves were all changing is so fantastic. And I was literally, we had gone up and down, up and down. And then we're in this beautiful one, just flat piece of land. It's beautiful. I'm taking pictures with my right hand. And as I was taking pictures in my right hand, I, I go to put my phone up. And as I, I dropped it on the ground, immediately, instinctively, just grabbed the left-hand brake. If any of you are cyclists, you know, grabbing the left-hand brake is not a good thing. I then flip over my bike handle and just uh, destroyed my face. But it worked out okay. It, it all got healed. But Cheryl, my only point to all this is I've had two bike accidents. I'm not allowed to have another one because you just don't get any forgiveness if you have the third one. Uh, but I do love cycling still. And I'm probably going to go back to the HUD system before you know it. So anyway, that's-
0: oh my gosh, what stories? It sounds like you like biking, but I'm not sure it likes you.
1: I don't. I, I think my wife would agree with your comment right there, and uh, she would she would wholeheartedly support you and your and uh, your.
0: Well, oh my gosh! Well, I'm glad you healed, and I'm glad you're back uh, back at it. And actually, the mountains sound pretty amazing right now. I'm in Dallas, and the heat this summer has been so hot. I know you're in Austin. I told somebody that it feels like we're living on the surface of the sun. So <laughs> the mountains. Yes. Feel-
1: you could literally hear the sun on the parking lot right now. You could hear the I track lane. Yeah.
0: I believe that. Well, I'll tell you, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much, Jeremy, as always. I appreciate your partnership, I appreciate the support of our heroes program. And I'm really energized and excited about the opportunity for our partners, but the opportunity for us both. So, really cool space. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you, Cheryl, for having me. Um, thank you for all the partners who listened. and uh, really excited about what we're going to do over the next few years in this space. It's really going to be a dynamic time.
0: Well, Jeremy, thanks again so much for taking the time to speak with us. I know our partners enjoyed it and I hope you're all enjoying the podcast. So please make sure to tune in and give us your feedback and reviews and be sure to join us in a couple of weeks for our next episode of The Partner Connection. Until then, everyone stay safe and be well.